State of California v. Ernesto James Simpson. The case that decided O.J. Simpson's fate. The man who went from the well-known NFL football star, actor, and broadcaster to the convicted armed robber, kidnapper, and murderer. While many have heard the story of Simpson's case, this case is different than most, being broadcast nationwide, his stardom, and the deep history behind it all. Welcome back to another episode of Criminal Law with Maya and Gianna. We're going to take a deep dive into the case and trial of O.J. Simpson. This trial took about 11 months, but we're going to sum it up into a few-minute story. Background on the man of the hour, O.J. Simpson was born July 9th in Puerto Hill, California. Growing up playing football, Simpson gained his fame from his football career as a running back for the NFL Buffalo Bills. However, on the night of June 12, 1994, he became known for something else. Two years after his divorce with his late wife, Nicole Brown, she was found outside of her own home, stabbed to death, along with friend Ron Goldman. At 11.45 p.m. on the 12th, Simpson took off to Chicago, adding to the suspicion of him being the prime suspect in this case. Murders of Nicole Brown and Ron Goldman were discovered. O.J. Simpson went from being known as just the ex to now being the jealous ex. It was discovered by O.J. himself that his estranged wife cheated on him with another man as O.J. spied on them the whole time. When confronting the man, Simpson said, I'm O.J. Simpson and she's still my wife. It was found that Mr. Simpson had watched as Nicole Brown and her significant other had sexual relations. Many say that this potentially affected Simpson's state of mind at the time. After the murder, the next few days were filled with unraveling evidence, giving the police probable cause that would tie Mr. Simpson to the event. After gaining a search warrant, the police searched Simpson's mansion and found blood traces on the property, including on and inside his Ford Bronco. Um, Simpson returned to Los Angeles from his trip to Chicago after he was informed of Brown's death. Seeing as he is a suspect in this case, when arriving to his mansion, he is handcuffed. He's on the 18th and becomes a fugitive. Speeding down the freeway with Al Collins as the driver, fans began lining the road to cheer him on as a helicopter broadcasted the 60-mile chase. Freeway, Simpson finally surrenders at his home, when he is taken by the police and placed in jail without bail. He is then charged with multiple felonies, including two accounts of first-degree murder. For Simpson's arraignment, he was asked if he pleaded guilty or not guilty. Simpson's words were absolutely 100% not guilty. Where finally, on January 24, 1995, the bloodbath of a trial began. The process was difficult in this case, seeing as O.J. Simpson was already well known, as well as everything following the murders were televised. This made it extremely difficult to find a single person who did not hear about the case. In fact, the grand jury was disbanded out of concern over publicity. Robert Shapiro and Joni Cochran leading the defense and Marsha Clark and Christopher Darden leading the prosecution, compelling opening statements were given, with one of the most memorable arguments of the prosecution being he killed her out of jealousy. The defense, on the other hand, makes arguments that evidence was mishandled, two opposing compelling claims that would draw the grand jury in one way or another. Not only did the defense argue that the evidence was mishandled, but they argued that the LAPD was racially profiling Mr. Simpson. They specifically targeted Mark Furman, an LAPD detective on the case, where he was found using racial slurs on tape and unnecessary force against African Americans after denying the accusations. In addition to the racist argument, the support and belief in guilt was separated by race. 
majority of African Americans were in support of Mr. Simpson, and most white Americans believed in his guilt. Mark Furman was the detective who allegedly found a bloody leather glove at Simpson's home and one at the crime scene, where at the trial, Simpson proceeded to try on the glove in the courtroom, attempting to prove that there was no way that this glove was his, where Simpson claimed it was too small. On the other hand, the prosecution argued that the blood seeped into the leather fibers on the glove, causing it to shrink. On the side of Simpson's defense, Johnny Cochran made his famous statement, If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. To add, Keith Slomswich, a man who dated Nicole Brown Simpson, testified against Mr. Simpson, stating, I was for sure intimidated, referring to Simpson himself, describing his tone as serious, if not scary, just deep, threatening. These well-known instances during the trial were not all against Simpson. In one case, Dennis Funk, an LAPD criminologist, was responsible for contamination of evidence, where he either missed drops, drops of blood meant to be collected on the scene or not using any sort of gloves when collecting the evidence. One of the more famous evidence temperations during the Simpson trial was the collection of Simpson shoes, which allegedly left his bloody footprints tying him to the murders. That night, in an attempt to admit Simpson's shoes into evidence, Tommy Lange, an LAPD detective, was unable to bring the shoes into the crime lab, causing him to store them in the back of his car trunk, then taking them home for about six hours before bringing them down to the station. This incident caused one of the most important pieces of evidence to be thrown out the window. everything presented in the courtroom during the extremely long 11 months, with an amount amount of questioning, presented evidence, news reports, and opinions, the jury finally delivered the verdict, not guilty. Being one of the most famous trials in history, this verdict is still debated on today. So after listening to this podcast, what do you think? If the Texas found one extra piece of evidence, tamperation wasn't a problem, or if one single person on the jury thought differently than stated, would the verdict still be the same? the world may never know. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it and learned something new. Make sure to check out our social media and subscribe to our podcast to never miss the newest episode.